Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Today on The Charlie Kirk Show, we give you an exclusive insight into a war happening against the United States that you aren't hearing about. It's not the virus. It's not the war in Afghanistan. It's the war of what happens when you fill up your gas tank and it impacts every single person listening to this podcast. We give it to you from a America first, care about our citizens take in a way that no other show will give you that insight. But first, before we get into the show, please type in the Charlie Kirk show to your podcast provider and hit that subscribe button. Give us those five star ratings. Leave us a review. Leave us those review publicly. It helps us so much. Buckle up. This is a great show. I know you're going to love it. You are going to learn a lot about what's happening in this oil price war and why you should care about it. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of The Charlie Kirk Show. We got so much we want to cover with you today. It's a busy news day and a big week. America looks like it's finally going to be reopening. There's a lot of uncertainty over what states are going to be reopening. Uh, there's protests happening all across the country. But we want to start this show with what I think is the biggest story happening in America. It happened in real time. Uh, my jaw literally hit the floor as I was watching the price of oil today, uh, as oil futures went totally negative. In fact, I, I couldn't even believe it. Oil futures went negative $37.63 negative. I'll explain exactly what that means. I'm going to walk through why this is the story that you should be totally and completely worried about and focused on. What if I told you back in the 1980s, hey, if you do something right now, you could save American manufacturing from going to China. What if I told you in the mid early 1990s, hey, if you do something right now, you could prevent American pharmaceuticals such as vitamin C, penicillin from going over to China. What if I told you back in the 1960s, hey, if you do something right now, you could prevent automobiles from being made mostly in Germany and Japan. Well, we're in that moment right here and right now. One of the great successes of the Trump presidency has been the American energy independent renaissance. Thanks to President Trump's pro-growth deregulatory agenda that empowered American producers, America, for the first time in our country's history, became energy independent. Now, now what does it mean to be energy independent? It means that you are exporting more energy, more oil than you are importing. It essentially means that you no longer need to be energy dependent on the tyrants in the Middle East. Now, this is the first time in our country's history that we are ever able to do this. It's important to realize that there, 
in the in the 1950s and 60s, as America started to drive more and the demand for oil started to increase, there was this not so subtle partnership that we made with some individuals in the Middle East, where basically said, "Hey, you keep on selling us cheap oil, we'll protect you." Now that sort of messy alliance got America involved in endless entanglements in the Middle East, whether it be the first Persian Gulf War or the Iraq War or the Afghan War. Now, I'm not saying that oil was the only reason we got involved in Iraq and Afghanistan. Obviously, 9-11 was the primary reason. But there was another underlying reason that was always told to us in congressional committees and by politicians, which is we need to be involved in the Middle East because we have such an insatiable appetite for oil. Now, Under President Donald Trump, we actually accomplished something that we thought was impossible. We started developing our own natural resources. We became energy independent. Now, certain parts of the country really invested in this type of technology called hydraulic fracking. You've probably heard all about the negatives of fracking. You've probably heard that, oh, it's fracking hurts the water supply. Fracking causes earthquakes. That's nonsense. We'll do another podcast another time dispelling those facts and those myths and those misleading innuendo done by the environmentalist and the radical left. What fracking did do and what fracking essentially allows you to do is to use horizontal drilling. So just bear with me for a second. I'm going to get a little bit technical. But essentially, if you have a reservoir of natural gas and oil, natural gas is like the fizz coming out of an oil rig, if you will, if you're opening up a Coca-Cola can. That's what natural gas is. It's the fizz that comes out. It's the carbonation that comes out. And we have more natural gas in America than any other country in the entire world. What fracking allowed you to do is access some of these very hard to penetrate oil reservoirs all across West Texas, all across uh, the Marcellus Shale in Pennsylvania, and the Balkan in South Dakota and North Dakota. Uh, An energy renaissance started to occur where America became the leader of energy exporting in the entire world. Well, you know what that meant? That meant that countries that were solely funded and solely reliant on oil, the petrodollar, if you will, such as Russia and Saudi Arabia, They got very, very nervous. See, Russia and Saudi Arabia did not like the fact that America became energy independent. Now, what's really important to point out, and this is something that we don't talk about enough as Americans and as conservatives, is that we are the only country in the entire world that has private mineral ownership. We're the only country in the whole world where individuals and entrepreneurs can go get creative and own oil and gas assets. In any other country across the world, you have to go through the government to do any sort of oil and gas development, whether it be Venezuela, whether it be Saudi Arabia, Russia, Iran, the United Arab Emirates, any other country across the world, you have to go through the government and the government owns the means of production. It's basically socialized energy development. Now, this is significant because when you have private ownership of minerals, you're going to be more creative. You're going to be more efficient. We know this because of the laws of free market economics. We know that when something is privatized, you're going to be able to compete more efficiently than the individuals that might have to have all the overhead of running things through government entities. So Saudi Aramco, which is the publicly traded front-facing entity of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and of course they are Islamic medieval-style theocratic tyrants in the Middle East, and we'll get into that throughout this podcast, and we 
There is no love lost here on this podcast for people that say they are our friend, like China and like Saudi Arabia, and do the exact opposite. But they are not going to be as efficient as the freewheeling entrepreneurial Americans that are able to extract oil at a much lower, more efficient price. So about a year ago, Russia and Saudi Arabia and a lot of these energy producers, they started to get very nervous and they vocalized their nerves. Six months ago, they said that this was not sustainable. Russia, Putin, Vladimir Putin in Russia started to make some very aggressive moves in the energy market. But a month and a half ago, Russia and Saudi Arabia, we covered it on this podcast, had a meeting in Vienna, Austria. Some people thought this meeting was staged, that was theatrics, where they said they could not come to an agreement on what kind of production cut they want because of the downturn in global demand due to the coronavirus and other travel anxieties. So essentially, you had the worst possible perfect storm when it came to an oil price war. So just a couple to define terms. Saudi Arabia, they if you see the Brent crude price, that basically reflects the Saudi extractions. That's what's called heavy or sour if you will. And that could be used for diesel. And by the way, most of the refineries here in America, they're not even tooled to be able to process or to refine our own extracted natural resources. West Texas Intermediate, which basically is United States extracted oil, uh, that's more sweet crude. That, that It could be used, of course, for diesel. It can be recalibrated, but it's also mostly used for gasoline. Now, not to mention, as if the environmentalists actually cared, the West Texas Intermediate is actually a lot more energy efficient and has less pollution than the stuff that we import from Saudi Arabia. But that's a different, that's a different point for a different time. But here's the significance of this. The price war that is happening right now in oil is the worst convergence of events you could possibly imagine for an American industry in the modern era. You have foreign governments that rely solely on the price of oil that have decided to completely destroy an American industry. So now look at the way the Saudis and the Russians are processing this. To them, a $20 barrel of oil or a $5 barrel of oil, there's not a ton of difference. For them, it's all a loss and they can write off that loss and they can basically keep their citizenry at bay based on some form of revenue, they'll borrow against it, and they're basically both police states anyway. And so to them, the longer-term objective is to get the price of oil back up to $60, 70 or $80 a barrel. Now, the only way they're going to be able to do that is get the Americans off the table. So the greatest asset and the greatest advantage that we as Americans have had, which is the capacity of entrepreneurship, creativity, and scientific innovation through fracking, has now become our biggest vulnerability. I'm going to tell you exactly what I mean by that. But first, are you guys being crushed by the cartel of the colleges? Well, I want to tell you about Credible.com. They're an incredible online marketplace that gets you pre-qualified student loan refinancing rates from up to 10 different lenders. They help people get out of student loan debt. If you have student loan debt, they can help you get out of it. You probably, if you're being crushed by student loan debt, you're worried about how you can save on interest or lower your monthly payment. Credible.com helps you do both those things. With a shorter loan term, you can get debt-free faster. You can consolidate all your student loan bills in one place. Credible customers have given awesome reviews about how much better their lives have been after refinancing their student loans. You see actual pre-qualified rates from the 10 different lenders, and it only takes a couple minutes to check rates. Checking rates doesn't impact your credit. They never sell your data, so you won't receive spam and phone calls from dozens of different lenders. So I'm telling you right now, if you want to be able to get out of student loan debt, there's only one place to do it. 
That's Credible.com slash Charlie. That's C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Charlie. When you refinance your student loans using this link, they'll give you a $200 gift card. That's Credible.com slash Charlie. Save on interest, lower your monthly payment, get debt free faster. Credible.com slash Charlie. So our greatest asset and advantage as a country is the fact that we have private mineral ownership. But let's just pretend we were Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. Let's pretend we are Vladimir Putin. And they're sitting around their conference tables. In fact, I just got off a call with a top oil executive in Midland, Texas, a guy that has huge assets and huge holdings. And a couple hours before that, I was talking with one of the top oil tycoons that has seen his entire net worth go down by 90%, who at one point was worth $22 billion. I'll let you guess who that is. I'm not going to say any names. But I talked to him privately. And they said, Charlie, put yourself in their shoes. And they're sitting around the conference table. They see Americans as an unnecessary inconvenience. They don't care about America. They don't care about Western values. All they care about is getting their energy dominance back so that they can finally run government surpluses because they basically own the government because they are a pseudo-medieval-style monarchy. Seriously, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia does not have fair and free elections. It is a hereditary-based power structure. So Mohammed bin Salman, who some would say killed a journalist and some would say has been very adversarial to America in a lot of different ways, He doesn't care if American oil energy producers actually continue producing. In fact, he doesn't want them to continue to produce. And some people say they're our friend. They say Saudi Arabia is our friend. They say Russia. Well, I don't know. The Washington, D.C. consensus says Russia is not our friend. So maybe we should do something about how they're flooding the oil market. We'll get to that in a little bit. But just give an idea of how much Saudi Arabia is actually declaring war on the United States. Saudi Arabia is dumping 600,000 barrels of oil a day into America while there is no demand for oil, basically, while oil demand has absolutely cratered. Why? Because a lot of people are sitting at home because of the virus. 600,000 barrels a day. That is seven times the amount of dumping that was, is being done today than a year ago. President Trump won re-election when he talked about how China was dumping steel into our country to destroy our steel industry. He won re-election when he talked about how China dumped cheap products into our country to destroy our manufacturing capacity. Well, this is Saudi Arabia and Russia's equivalent of dumping oil into our country to destroy an American gem, an American gift literally from God. By the way, if you believe in God and you believe that God created the heavens and the earth, God literally gave us this asset, just so you understand. He gave us the capacity to be able to be energy independent, to have a more peaceful world, that we don't have to be in these endless and silly wars overseas. Just so you understand, oil reserves and storage tanks are basically filled up around the world. You have tankers with oil on them that cannot find ports to accept them. Global oil storage is filling up so fast, it's exceeded 70%. Now, who is the winner in this whole equation. Saudi Arabia is not yet the winner because they got a couple chess moves left on this whole game. Russia is not yet the winner because they also have a couple chess moves. Just so you understand, the bigger gamble on this entire thing is Russia because Russia in no way has friends in the United States of America right now. Saudi Arabia's got plenty of friends. They got plenty of lobbyists that they pay. They own plenty of assets across America. They own plenty of media companies in America. Russia's playing the huge risk right here, okay? 
Russia is the one that is basically levering up the entire future of their existence as a petro state around this single play. They're actually betting on the continual shutdown of America. You want to know who wants to see America shuttered till Christmas? Not just Democrat governors that want to continue to see federal bailout money. It's Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin is cheering for the shutdown of America forever because the longer that Vladimir Putin sees a demand crash, the more he wins and the closer he gets to destroying American energy. So let me tell you exactly how this works in Midland, Texas. A lot of these oil and gas producers lease the land that they're on. They actually don't own the land that they're on. They go to farmers. They go to individuals that own huge tracts of land. and They'll sign 100, 150-year leases for the rights to be able to extract oil and gas. Now, the significance of this is when the price of oil gets so low that your price of production is higher than the actual price of oil, you start to lose money. Well, then you actually might start to renege on your lease. When you renege on your lease and you basically destroy your infrastructure, it's very hard to get that back. So what's going to happen is the banks are going to start to assume a lot of these assets. So when you're an entrepreneur, you typically have to borrow money to go into business. You are going to see, and these are rough estimates. I got these estimates from an oil executive in Midland, Texas, just minutes before this show. 40,000 oil producers go out of business by August. 40,000 oil producers go out of business by August. That's just not 40,000 jobs. Those are 40,000 companies go out of business, folks. 40,000 companies. He said roughly a million jobs will disappear permanently. These are not furloughs. Not like Disney World that like, hey, we'll be back maybe in a month or maybe six months. Gone, deleted, vanished. Have you ever driven through Ohio or Pennsylvania and you see these manufacturing plants that used to exist? You ever drive through Detroit and they used to say, yeah, that used to be the Ford and the GM plant before the Japanese cars started to be dumped into our country. That's what it's going to look like in Midland, Texas, if we don't get our act together. That's what it's going to look like in Oklahoma City. That's what it's going to look like in Western Pennsylvania. And that's what it's going to look like in North Dakota. Because what's going to happen is the Russians and the Saudis, they have enough oil reserves. They have enough control over their population where they'll be able to wait this out. 18 months year and a half, two years. And as soon as they wait it out enough and they see enough American energy producers go under, they will immediately cut production. They'll no longer flood the market. The price of oil will go from $8 a barrel, where it is today on the ground in Midland, Texas, to $40 to $80 a barrel. And the Saudis and the Russians will be cash rich. And guess what? America will not have the infrastructure to be able to re-enter the market. Now, the counter argument will be, well, Charlie, the oil doesn't go anywhere. Why don't they just be able to up production again? Well, great question. There's a three to five year runway to be able to get production up and running in West Texas or in the Balkan Shale. It's not just like turning a light switch on. There's supply chains, there's infrastructure costs, there's regulatory requirements, there's leases that have to be reneged on. And by the way, if a bank assumes the asset, you want to talk about the worst business managers in the world, it's the banks. The banks are not, you know what the banks will do with the oil? They'll collateralize the oil, that's it. They'll, they'll be able to borrow against it. The banks are not going to, be able to do very, a bank is basically a pseudo government entity when it gets to the type of bank that's going to be owning these assets and it won't be worth very much. But do you know what the huge winner in this entire equation to go back to complete my point? Saudis, Russians, who doesn't produce any oil and gas? Who needs a ton of imported oil and gas? Who is reliant on a stream of oil and gas from the rest of the world? Who has a billion people plus 
and needs a bunch of oil and gas? The Chinese. The Chinese are the biggest winners of this entire equation. They win in a variety of different ways. They are purchasing as much oil as they possibly can right now. They're purchasing enough oil for the next 30 years because it might never get this cheap again, and they know that. But the Chinese are basically stuffing their oil reserves quietly and quickly. Now, so the Chinese are the real real winners here. And guess what? If the Chinese have malevolence for America, and if they were involved in this at all, they are smiling knowing that they might contribute to another American industry being destroyed. Textiles, that's destroyed. American autos will never be the same. Making our own electronics here, totally overseas. Pharmaceuticals, overseas. You get the point. So what's happening right here and right now is an attack on the fabric of who we are as a country. It's an attack on American workers. It's an attack on our country. And I'm telling you right now, do not, do not be in the place where you say, I wish we could have saved an American industry, especially one that is so critical to national security. If I actually had to rank the most important industries, food would probably be number one and oil and gas would probably be number two as far as critical to national security and national prosperity. So there's one thing that can be done here. The Trade Expansion Act from 1962 allows the President of the United States to apply tariffs when he believes national security interests are at stake. The president did this against China effectively. Now, I'm a free trade guy. I'm a free market guy. I believe that free markets are the best way to assure prosperity. But I'm a patriot before I'm a capitalist, okay? And when I start to see enemies of the United States, especially individuals that planned and plotted 9-11, such as Saudi Arabia and financed 9-11, as countries that used to be the Soviet Union, the greatest geopolitical enemy, of the last 30 and 40 years, come into basic collusion, get it, against the interests of the American people, I say we have to go put our country first ahead of some sort of ideal. And I do believe in that ideal. But I love my country more than I love my ideas. We are a country with an economy in it. We're not an economy with a country in it. So I think the President of the United States should strongly consider tariffing Saudi Arabian oil. 700,000 barrels a day while our country is shut down. I mean, this is dumping. If the Chinese did this, we would call this a price war on the fabric and the backbone of the American people. This is not how friends act, by the way. This is how enemies act. This is how self-interested enemies act. If nothing changes with this price of oil, and I'm looking at oil futures right now, West Texas crude, the oil future is down 171% today. It's at negative $13. Again, this price fluctuates. It depends which metric you're looking at. I look at the Giddings, which is another indication of American-based domestic oil. It was only down 655% today. So that's horrific. Coastal grade A, down 719% today. 719%. Entire industries will be shuttered because of this. Just think about Midland, Texas. Think about those of my podcast listeners in Oklahoma City. Think about our podcast listeners at the Charlie Kirk Show in Fargo, North Dakota. The restaurants, the schools that are funded from oil royalties, by the way. Teachers will lose jobs. Kids won't be educated. You will send entire states into absolute abject poverty. Do you know, you, want, you go through the inner cities of our country and you wonder, how, oh boy, these used to be bustling cities. The northern part of Detroit used to be such a great place for black America. And black America had all these manufacturing jobs. Then we started to ship those jobs overseas. 
The same will happen to these portions of the country if we don't change our way. And I am not being hyperbolic here. I have talked to these oil executives and they've walked me through the numbers and they say, Charlie, we are losing hundreds of thousands of dollars an hour, an hour. And these are small and medium producers I'm talking to that I know quite well that are total patriots that say this is beyond unsustainable. And so to the president of the United States, to our great president Trump, your legacy of energy independence has put the Saudis and the Russians in tonal panic mode. You can save an American industry that you care so much if you apply tariffs on Saudi Arabian oil and Russian import oil. The second piece is we have to reconfigure our refineries to be able to process our oil, to be able to process sweetened crude oil, which actually is more environmentally friendly and has less pollutants. I have one more point on this energy war. But first, health and safety is on top of everyone's minds right now. No matter what happens, you want to make sure your loved ones are protected. That's why LegalZoom continues to provide a reliable way for everyone to set up the right estate plan. I've used LegalZoom. I have to tell you, it's so easy. It's seamless. It's quick. It is the best platform you could possibly use. It starts with finding the answers to your questions. Do you need a last will and testament or living trust? What about an advanced healthcare directive? And what's a power of attorney? Do you want to set up an LLC? Do you even know how to do that? Well, thankfully, LegalZoom's online resource makes it so easy. I went to LegalZoom the other day, just perused around. You know what's so great about it? If you need to speak to an attorney, their independent attorney network is there to guide and advise you. I've used it. It's seamless. Every single person that listens to the podcast, I guarantee you, you need access to an attorney. That's why you need to take an important step for your family today. Go to LegalZoom.com to get started on a last will, living trust, so much more, start an LLC, or just legal questions. Make sure you enter the code C-H-A-R-L-I-E, Charlie, at checkout for special savings. That's LegalZoom.com, code Charlie, LegalZoom, where life meets legal. And I, I want to clarify one thing because I know it can be kind of confusing. Uh, when I say that the, the West Texas Intermediate is negative, it's not like a negative interest rate where you go to the gas station and you're like, okay, give me some money so I could take your gas away from you. Okay, that's not how it works. The future is negative. Okay, and these are the end of the month futures. Some of them expire on May 1st. And so those are just getting cratered because people are realizing that oil is getting dumped while no one is driving at the same time. Okay, the oil future in June is $20 a barrel, more or less, a little bit higher. That's still unsustainable. So it's so unbelievably unsustainable for the Permian Basin for Midland, Texas. It, 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 it only adds insult to injury. And again, the Saudis, they can, they can survive with $20 oil. They could survive with $10 oil. They can survive with $5 oil because they have so much of it in their state-run enterprise. They don't owe money to anybody. I mean, for example, you have Continental Resources or you have ConocoPhillips or you have any one of these inter, in, intermediate producers. At some point, they have to make payroll. They have to pay. They have to pay the bank off, and a lot of them are over levered. They borrowed a tremendous amount of money to be able to assume these leases. The Saudis, yeah, they have to make payroll. They have to pay their military. But look, the Saudis have diversified their assets for years. They own plenty of other assets internationally. They'll be able to sell them if they need to. They own real estate. They own stocks and bonds. They're some of the largest investors domestically in the United States. So it's it's not their only asset. So they'll be able to make quote unquote payroll if they need to, but they'll they'll wait it out. But some of these companies, this is it. They're 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 not diversified. They're not a country. You're up against a country where a king can turn on the spigot and turn off the spigot at a moment's notice. So let's just game plan this a little bit. If the president does nothing, an entire industry will never be the same. Best case scenario, it'll be a ninety percent decrease. 
The president put tariffs on China when he thought they were dumping products into our country. The president, the president has had decades-long commentary against the Chinese and the Japanese for ripping us off and over-importing goods that have disenfranchised the American worker. Oil and gas workers matter. Oil and gas workers are not just alone, by the way. It's all the peripheral businesses that are going to go bankrupt, that are going to go under. A million jobs could be lost if we do nothing. And this is all, of course, a byproduct of all the shutdowns. Again, the Russians and the Saudis, they calculated this. They saw a perfect opportunity for it, and they went for it. Now, on the surface, they're saying that Russia and Saudi Arabia are feuding. There, There is some truth to that. But I'm much more likely to believe that both of them want the same objective, which is the total obliteration of American energy dominance. Vladimir Putin and Mohammed bin Salman, they stay up at night praying and hoping that Midland, Texas, Fargo, North Dakota, and Oklahoma City become ghost towns. And American energy and American oil and natural gas disappears. President Trump, it's time to protect the American worker. And I say this as a free trade guy, but I love my country. And I worry about our fellow citizens that will go on welfare, that will get drug addicted, that will have families broken apart, schools that will be shuttered, colleges that will be shut down, complete and total lives ruined. The United States geopolitical dominance will be uprooted. One of the main reasons why the President of the United States can go give the middle finger to the Iranians, why the President of the United States is able to go towards Qasem Soleimani and and wipe him off the face of the earth, why he's able to withdraw from Afghanistan from these endless wars, is the fact that we are energy independent. Do not sacrifice that just because the Saudis decide to dump 700 thousand barrels a day into our country just because Vladimir Putin and the Russians have decided to declare war on our country. It's a different type of war. We're going through a viral war because of the Chinese. And now we got the Russians and the Saudis all coming after America. Why is this happening all at once, everybody? Why is it? It's because tyrants hate a strong America. It's because President Donald Trump made America so strong, so quickly, so ahead of schedule, so abruptly against the globalist demands, against the appeasement of the tyrannical theocratic dictators in Saudi Arabia and Iran, against the wishes of the dictator of Russia and China, that they had to do a counter move. And this is their big plan. Do you think it's a coincidence that these tyrants across the world that hate freedom and liberty that hate the Judeo-Christian Western value structure? You think it's a coincidence they're doing this six months before an election? Of course not. It's a correlation. This is a testament to how successful of a president Donald Trump has been. Making America energy independent. Lowest ever black unemployment. Lowest ever Latino unemployment. Lowest ever Asian American unemployment. The greatest economy in American history. They had to do a counter move because any sort of 21st century power Gains they wanted to make were totally put in jeopardy by the billionaire in Manhattan who was not supposed to be president, who came down a golden escalator and talked about an American renaissance and renewal. Guess what? They would not be doing this under President Hillary Clinton. They wouldn't. You know why? Because President Hillary Clinton, day one, would have done what President Obama did. Overregulated, overaudited, overtaxed, and penalized American oil natural gas development. That's what they would have done. Under President Obama, he used the Federal Trade Commission to go after oil and natural gas development all across the country. I could tell you from oil and gas producers in Kansas to Oklahoma to Texas, New Mexico, one after the other, they said we were investigated by the Employment Prevention Agency, the EPA. 
the Environmental Protection Agency, the Federal Trade Commission. We were audited by the IRS, and we didn't do anything wrong. We sued and countersued. The day President Trump took office, within a couple months, almost all these problems with the regulators disappeared. Because when President Trump took office, he instructed the head of the EPA, the head of the Department of Energy, and the head of the Department of Interior, Department of Energy, of course, being Rick Perry, who oversaw the greatest American energy renaissance in American history. Love Rick Perry here on this podcast. He said, back off. If they're doing something wrong, penalize them or do not go after them at all. And guess what? You saw something wonderful happen. So now you have tyrants, backwards thinking, anti-Americans. This is their big play. Make it their last big play. If President Trump applies tariffs, they got no more cards left. There's nothing left they could do absent military engagement, which we know they won't do because President Trump built American military dominance up to the level that it should be. This is the biggest story in America that they will not be telling you on the nightly news. You might hear it on the business channels, but in the nightly news, we are on the precipice of losing an American gift, a gift from God. It's time to fight for it, protect it, and defend it against our adversaries. So as of the recording of this podcast, the Senate has still not reached a deal on the next coronavirus relief bill, but it seems like a deal is imminent. It seems that uh, there'll be $370 billion in loan programs. Uh, The negotiators are kind of tilting their hand that it also will include $75 billion for hospitals. Look, I know that sounds good, but I want more detail on the $75 billion for hospitals. Did you know that the New York Association for Hospitals, and I might be not totally technical on the term, gave $4 million to the Democrat Senate leadership pack for Chuck Schumer. $4 million political campaign contribution, which is not insignificant. Now, how a supposedly nonprofit entity can give money to a political campaign like that, I don't understand. I'm sure they did it through some for-profit vehicle or some 5016 trade organization. It's still highly suspicious to me. I don't like that $75 billion for hospitals. The fact that they're furloughing workers all across the country. Hospitals are furloughing workers. They say $25 billion for testing. I love this idea as long as it's spent properly. I have no confidence that the government will ever spend money properly, especially on testing. They're going to spend it inadequately and not appropriately. The $370 billion in loan programs for small businesses, this is totally necessary. They've already made a deal on this. You have millions and millions. By the way, that's not going to be enough money. Uh, it should be around. I mean, if they actually wanted to properly fund it, which I'm not necessarily suggesting because I'm a fiscal hawk and I'm worried about all the money we're spending, borrowing from future generations to basically hyperinflate our way into a meaningless currency of the future. By the way, if you keep on creating money and you're not producing an equal or greater rate that you're producing money, you will have hyperinflation and it will hit you so unbelievably quick that you'll have no growth and an influx of dollars that mean absolutely nothing. The worst case scenario you could possibly imagine. But The $370 billion in loan programs for small businesses is so sorely needed. Uh, Businesses thought they'd get it in this last round, but it ran out of money so quickly. They are suffering. They should get that approved and approve that quickly. I think they could have done that a lot better and a lot more nuanced, but I would make an argument that it does go under a Fifth Amendment clause. We talked about this in a previous episode of the Charlie Kirk Show of government literally stealing wealth and time and property away from business owners by forced closures. And by the way, rather than spending $2 trillion with all that pork in it in that last bill, we should have had way more money for small businesses to keep their employees on payroll. This was another D.C. ruling class insider con job. Also, I'm just looking at my cable news feed. There are protests happening 
all across the country. And people say, Charlie, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Well, look, I have called, and I got plenty of grief from this by ABC News, and it was in the New York Times today, uh, where they said, well, Charlie Kirk, head of Students for Trump, called for a peaceful rebellion against Democrat governors. Correct. Operative word being peaceful, okay? Uh, rebellion is a strong word, but if you use peaceful as an adjective before it, it actually does not become a very charged word. I actually enjoy backlash against tyranny. I mean, I know, call me old-fashioned, call me like a 1776. I actually love seeing people peacefully leaving their home, wearing masks, making signs, and calling their leaders out when they go way too far. I actually love seeing that. I, I, I think that peaceful, hear that media matters, peaceful civil disobedience is a muscle. And if you don't use that muscle, it atrophies and just disappears. So yes, I love seeing that. It's been so... unfairly attacked the media. Oh, Donald Trump is playing into white supremacists because I saw a Nazi flag. Can we just dispel this once and for all? First of all, I don't support anyone ever using Nazi imagery or even saying that disgusting term. Now, I don't support what this one protester was using, but this one protester was calling Governor Whitmer a 1930s-style Nazi, okay? Now, again, I don't necessarily support this symbology at all. I think it's kind of foolish and silly, and I think it's not a fair comparison at all. But it's different than saying there were pro-Nazis in the audience than someone saying that the governor was a Nazi. Okay, so that's just a media disinformation is what that is. And they said that in one of the press briefings because they're lazy, backwards-thinking journalists that did not actually do their research. And so what I find even more deeper concerning about this is the collusion between the tech companies and our government. I've been warning about this for quite some time here on the Charlie Kirk Show. You guys can go all the way back on the Charlie Kirk Show archives when you can look at my stance uh, base uh, where I talk about how the tech companies uh, could b- basically become more powerful than the government. And I'm going to talk about how this is an erosion of individual liberty and freedom. But first, you know what I'm looking at right now? I'm looking at Mr. Producer wearing his Raycon earbuds. He loves his Raycon earbuds. In fact, he listens to the Charlie Kirk show on his Raycon earbuds. He works out with his Raycon earbuds. The whole Charlie Kirk show, when they are listening to the Charlie Kirk show, they use their wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know this, but Raycon earbuds are about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market. They sound just as amazing as all the other top audio brands that you know. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are the best ones yet. They're about six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, perfect for conference calls or binging on podcasts. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet. They have no dangling wires or stems to distract anyone during video calls. You've heard me talk about how the company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like, you know what's coming, Cardi B. She's usually politically clueless, but she's so correct about Raycon, so is Snoop Dogg. When he's not elevated on another plateau of enlightenment, he's listening to Raycon music. So pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about. Give a 15% off your order at buyraycon.com. That's buyraycon.com. Mr. Producer right now is smiling, pointing to his ears, because as he's listening to the Charlie Kirk show right now, he has his Raycon earbuds on. Half the price, twice the quality, buyraycon.com. 15% off your order. So Facebook 
has just taken down many of these RSVP events. You guys are probably familiar with Facebook events. Basically, you can organize events on Facebook. Uh, and CEO Mark Zuckerberg took down some of them in collusion with state governments uh, because he said they were in defiance of stay-at-home orders. Uh, George Stephanopoulos basically asked, how do you deal with the fact that Facebook is now being used to organize a lot of these protests to defy social distancing guidelines in these states? Uh, Zuckerberg responded, well, we do classify that as harmful misinformation, and we take that down. So look, the right to assemble is a fundamental right outlined in the First Amendment of the Constitution. So, I mean, by the way, Facebook is basically becoming a pseudo-circuit court judge. You understand that, right? Facebook is now having more power to be able to police speech, to be able to police human behavior, than the Ninth Circuit Court. That's really terrifying. Facebook should not do this. It doesn't matter if they disagree with it. It doesn't matter if they think it's in defiance of stay-at-home orders. Let the police enforce that, okay? Who gave Facebook a badge? Who gave Facebook a robe to be a judge or a gavel to be, begin court proceedings? We didn't for a reason, because Facebook is a private company. A spokesperson for Facebook, they told The Hill that the events would only be taken down if they violate state laws. But, but here's the thing, is that that's not up for them to decide. I'm so sick of this, okay? These tech companies keep up the Palestinian Authority. They keep up ISIS accounts. They barely go after child sex traffickers. They turned a blind eye to the most disgusting anti-Trump behavior. And yet they go out of their way to try to stop free speech activists, of which we have a federal right enshrined in the Bill of Rights to do. I mean, leave it to the tech companies who basically have done nothing about the scourge of child sex trafficking for years that basically said, oh, well, it's free speech. We can't do anything about all these left-wing activists organizing hate and violence through Antifa. Hey, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, why is it that you're taking down people protesting stay-at-home orders that are destroying businesses, that are destroying entrepreneurs' livelihoods, yet you keep up Antifa meetings and events that literally organize political violence against gay journalists in the streets of Portland. Got smacked in the face, had a brain bleed, zero people arrested in the streets of Portland, yet you continue to allow Antifa to organize. You continue to allow the Palestinian Authority accounts to exist despite the fact that they kill innocent Jewish children in the streets of Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria. You tech companies allow the Chinese Communist Party on Twitter to gallivant and push their propaganda, nonsense, and lies with no recourse. So basically what this means is that tech companies are making their big offensive, they are making their big play to basically play jury, judge, and executioner over human behavior and free speech. I never want to hear again, oh, well, Charlie, that's a slippery slope fallacy. No, that's a slippery slope fact when I talk about how these tech companies are going to abuse their power in the future. Again, if these people are violating the laws, of which I don't support, by the way, if these people are going to do something wrong, have the police get a warrant to take down the event, okay? Have a sheriff go to a judge and say, this event, this public event that is being basically advertised on Facebook, it's going to cause criminal activity. I need a warrant. Get a criminal warrant, show up to Palo Alto, or call Facebook and email them a copy of the warrant, then Facebook should take it down. Facebook should not take it down unless there is a warrant. Why? Because they do not take down Antifa, and they do not take down these other people on their websites. It's a double standard. If the left and the ruling class did not have double standards, they would not have standards at all. Where is the due process? Again, it's not like I support criminal activity. Of course I don't. Okay, I actually think criminals should not be released early from prison just because there's a virus outbreak. Guess what? Newsflash. 
You don't want to be in prison? Don't commit crimes. It's that simple, okay? But if someone is breaking the law on Facebook, outwardly saying, let's go defy this, then the police should go to a judge, or they could, by the way, a police order should be sufficient to take this down. If the police works with Facebook and they say, this is, this is a violation of law, take it down. But if Facebook is basically saying, we are interpreting this ourselves, they are basically making themselves the government over all of us. It is time to hold these tech companies accountable for this blatant censorship and deterioration of free speech. So in the podcast coming, uh, we're going to dive into how our Turning Point USA groups are being censored on college campuses across the country at Baylor and Texas Christian University. We're giving them a chance to right their wrongs in the same week, the same way the Saudis and the Russians hit America during the Chinese coronavirus to try to destroy our American energy industry. In a very bizarre fashion, two Christian colleges in Texas have colluded to destroy Turning Point USA's existence on their campuses. Now, I'm not equating Texas Christian University and Baylor University to the tyrannical governments of Saudi Arabia and Russia, but I'm saying the behavior is awfully similar and that they are also islands of totalitarianism, which is not exactly a new take for those that listen to The Charlie Kirk Show and follow my commentary. We are going to get into that tomorrow, but if you guys want to support our Turning Point USA chapters on the ground that are fighting back against the tyranny of the left, go to tpusa.com, tpusa.com. I just want to say we stand by our students that are fighting on college campuses every single day. This Chinese coronavirus, I think, has only emboldened the Marxists, the totalitarians, the collectivists, and the statists to have more control over our society. That is why I am supportive of peaceful pushback against centralized power and control. The president of the United States supports this when he says liberate these certain states. I love to see peaceful civil civil disobedience and organizing around liberty and freedom. I think it is uniquely American. It's something that needs to be applauded and appreciated. The rest of the world looks to American leadership. Hong Kong protesters against the Chinese Communist Party, they look to American protesters for inspiration against that tyranny. Similarly, as these lockdowns get more and more draconian, the rest of the world is going to look to our protesters for leadership on how to peacefully and civilly push back against some of these tyrannical government measures that have gone way too far against the Chinese coronavirus. We'll be back with you guys more uh, this week. Uh, this was a great episode. Please email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. That is freedom at charliekirk.com. We want to hear from you. And uh, for those of you, again, who want to get involved with Turning Point USA, go to tpusa.com. That is tpusa.com. Start a chapter, chip in some money, attend one of our events as they're coming down the calendar, tpusa.com. And finally, subscribe to The Charlie Kirk Show. Type in Charlie Kirk Show to your podcast provider. Hit that subscribe button. God bless you guys. God bless America. Keep fighting. Keep the faith. We will win. They will lose. Hey, I got a new podcast coming. It's called Theory. Don't you know? This is Theo Rossi. Our world is changing. For many of us, it'll never feel the same. The important thing to remember is that we are all in this together. And that's some of what I want to talk about on my new show, Theory. We're going to discuss the things that no one ever does. The real talk, the sacrifice, and the struggle that everyone goes through. My life has kind of put me in a unique position to see things honestly. This is Theo Rossi, and my new show, Theory, launches on April 8th, officially on Spotify, Podcast One, and Apple Podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes... 
and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.